All right, guys, welcome to the Self Love Effect podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings. And if you have not done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode again. Before I introduce my guest, I want you guys, we're going to do things a little different this week, and we're going to do the repeat after me now, just because I feel like our guest has so much information to give and has an incredible story. So before we start, I want you guys to close your eyes and I want you to repeat these words to yourself. Don't forget, you can start late, start over, be unsure, look different, act different, feel different, try and fail and still succeed. All right, guys. With me today, I have Michael Anthony of Unbroken. He is the author of the best-selling book, Think Unbroken, and as a coach, mentor, and educator for adult survivors of child abuse. Michael spends his time helping other survivors get out of the vortex, which I would love to go into detail about that because he also has a metaphor in regards to the matrix, but to become the hero of their own story and to take their life back. Michael hosts the Think Unbroken podcast teaches at Unbroken Academy and is on a mission to create change in the world. And he did so by believing in himself, really restructuring the mind and something that so many of us tend to believe is impossible. And he is doing the impossible. And so welcome to the Self Love Effect podcast, Michael. Thank you, my friend. I am super excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you. So you have this incredible, I say incredible because it is, um, story. And I would love for you to share it with our guests, especially in regards to you've come to this place of acceptance and now you're changing so many lives and inspiring people every single day. Yeah. Um, well, the, the elevator pitch version of it is when I was four years old, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, she actually cut off my right index finger. And my stepfather was super abusive. The kind of guy you pray is never your stepfather. I never met my real father. And I spent the majority of my childhood in poverty and even homeless. And in fact, by the time I was 10 years old, I lived with 30 different families. When I was 12, I got high for the first time, drunk at 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And I was in this position of breaking into houses, stealing cars, hurting people, and just trying to figure out life. And luckily I got put into a last chance program, still didn't graduate high school on time and found myself heading into 18 years old after not being able to get in the military because I have a knee injury, having no plan because that was it. I was like, I'll get in the military. That's it. Hopefully I'll be able to solve all of life's problems. Well, then it happened because of the knee injury. And I started thinking about, well, how do you actually solve this problem of, of poverty, of abuse, of trauma? I was like, oh, it's got to be money, right? And so I started chasing money and I made it a declaration to myself that by the time I was 21, I was going to make $100,000 a year legally. Now, this was super important because my uncle's in prison for life. My family's been in prison. I've been in handcuffs. Today, my three childhood best friends have all been murdered over drugs. And I just knew like if I stayed on that path, it was going to end very badly. 
And so I worked really hard. I ended up getting a job working for Fortune 10 company as I was heading into 21 years old. No high school diploma, no college degree. And that thing that happens to people who get money who have never had happened that people always say happens when you get money <laughs> happened to me. And that was the thing where I found myself where I had all this money, I had all this excess, but my life was a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep. And that's when I put a gun in my mouth. I was just done. I was like, money was supposed to solve this and it didn't. Yeah. And you would think that'd be like my rock bottom moment, but it wasn't. It was actually the next day. I'm laying in bed. Keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds. I'm eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint and watching the CrossFit games. Like if that's not rock bottom, like I don't know what is. And, and I went and I looked at myself in the bathroom mirror and I remember being eight years old and the water company came and turned our water off. We were that poor. And I grew up in America and we were that poor. And so I took this little blue bucket. I walked across the street to our neighbor's house. I turned on their spigot. And for the first time in my life, I stole water. And I said, when I'm a grown up, this isn't going to be my life. And it wasn't my life in so many ways. I had excess. I had an awesome car, awesome condo, blah, 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 blah. But I was still that hurt, lost little boy who had never dealt with any of those things. Well, Fast forward and 11 years later, because of this moment where I looked in the mirror and I had that memory, I asked myself this question, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? In the words, no excuses, just results started like reverberating through my body. And that put me on this course to get serious about therapy, group therapy, men's group therapy, gestalt therapy, trauma therapy, EMDR, CBT, NLP, the whole acronyms. Um, I started getting into, you know, the group thing, going to AA, NASA, just trying to like discover and play with some things. And then I got serious about personal development. I started reading all the books, going to the conferences, having a mentor, having a coach, investing in myself, and then investing in trauma education. And today, to be fair, I don't, I don't know. I have like 35 certifications in trauma-informed education because I made it a declaration myself to solve my own problem. And today I'm very fortunate to be a leader in this space, to have this conversation, to run Think Unbroken, and to be on a mission to end generational trauma in my lifetime. It's incredible what you've accomplished. And but the question most people would have, and I'm sure they have when they first speak to you is how, how is it that you went from poverty, your traumatic childhood to becoming the successful individual who's now changing lives. And I mean, you speak about it. So I really wanted to hear it firsthand. How did you do this? Yeah, well, you have to deploy a tremendous amount of patience in your life. Um, people misconstrue the concept and the idea that, you know, they'll, they'll go to therapy or they'll do a coaching or they'll read a book and that suddenly their life will be different, but that's literally not how it works. And so, you know, think about this. My journey really started 11 years ago and we've just met, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you have to deploy a tremendous amount of patience, but you have to stay super focused. I'll say this, my both my greatest attribute attribute and my greatest character flaw is that I am unbelievably stubborn. Like, 
And that works for me. It works against me. One of the things I have the benefit of is understanding that in myself very well. And so when I said no excuses, just results, I meant it. I meant, yeah. I meant it so much that it was a decade plus of work now, even today, still having a coach and a therapist and over a quarter million dollars, everything I've ever made going into this, right? Because no excuses, just results was real. And most importantly, out of all of that, it was, you know, I stopped negotiating with myself. Mm-hmm. Look, the, the truth is, and people don't want to hear this because it's uncomfortable, you're negotiating with yourself and your life is shit. That's mm-hmm. your fault. Look, I want to be clear because this is, I get canceled every day. I swear to you, I got a laundry <laughs> list of emails because people don't listen to what I'm saying mm-hmm. right here. You are not culpable for the things that happened to you in your past. It's not our fault that we were hurt. We were abused. We were molested. We were beaten. We were left for dead and set up for failure. And when you understand that and you look at your life and you measure it against the behaviors, the actions, the choices that you're making every single day, and you point to your past and you go, I'm this way because of those things, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. And it's easy to play the victim. I did it. I was really good at it. It led me to Mm -hmm. rock bottom, right? And when you decide, because this is choice-based, to put in effort to change the narrative, then on a long enough timeline, the narrative will change. My therapist shared something with me that changed my life forever one time. He goes, change only happens when you make change happen. I was like, damn, you're right, man. I got to do this, right? And so if you're, if you're in this position where you're like, yeah, but this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened, yo, I get it. I get it. Like, I'm sorry it happened. It fucking sucks. I wish we didn't have it in common, but for you to leverage that as the thing that you're allowing to be the catalyst for why your life is terrible, you really are going to have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I doing everything in my power to have the life that I want to have? Yeah. Yeah. And lots of times we just, we're stuck in that identity. We feel like we cannot move on. Like there's no way this happened to me. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to use it to my advantage to see how far I can get. And yet you're not going to get very far. You're never going to come into this light one day and it's all going to make sense. And, you know, it takes a lot of hard work investment into yourself to attain this level of self-love. And it's really a journey that's constantly evolving. You're constantly trying to get better. You're constantly improving and learning new things about you or really you know, uncovering the layers that you, your mind is so powerful, but for some reason it, you know, it pretended it never happened and it covered it up. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 um, I love that you also talk about that. You have to remove the parameters of fear. And you say this in episode 23, and I was telling you before we were, we started recording that I'm obsessed with that episode in particular, because the way you break down and the way you um, talk about with the matrix, the movie, and that's one of my absolute favorites. I was like, oh, I totally, I can totally relate to this. I totally understand. But really, I think most people tend to forget that you cannot live a life with fear and self-doubt and think that you're going to achieve success or this level of fulfillment, um, it just doesn't happen. They don't go together. They work against each other and they pull back and forth. But um, anyway, you had said something in particular with that movie, Free Your Mind. 
Um, can you elaborate on that? Because I don't want it, the listeners to hear it from me. I want it to hear from you because I love the way you essentially broke it down. Yeah. And, and look, my, one of the things I think about all the time is I'm always trying to make my life different. I'm not trying to make it better because I don't know what the measurement for better is. I'm just always thinking about if I can be one degree different than I was yesterday, can that propel me towards life in a different way? And so, you know, knowing that I recorded that episode two years ago, maybe my, my take on it today will be slightly different than before, but, but let me say this in regard to fear, you know, fear is this really interesting thing because we all face it. I certainly do. I have fear in my life every time I get on stage, every time I write a book, every time I do a podcast, every time I coach a client, every time I do anything in my life, fear is always there. That voice of you're not good enough, strong enough, capable enough, you're not enough is always there because it's inherent from my developmental years, right? Here's what I want people to think about when we're growing up, every single time we're trying to trust our intuition whether or not you come from an abusive household is not, is not a matter of fact here. The reality is when you try to trust your intuition as a child in your developmental stages, and you're moving towards these notions and ideas of being who it is that you think you are, there's often ramifications, right? And that could be physical, mental, emotional. And in those moments, you'll have these experiences where you're like, I want to wear this shirt or that hat or listen to that music or eat that food. And somebody comes along and says, no, who do you think you are? Weirdo, loser, get out of here. You're not, allowed, you're not allowed to be here. And then that gets kind of foundationally supported in school and education, especially if you live in Western society and in America, whereas you go to school, you color the moon purple and the teacher goes, Oh my God, Desiree, really? You're calling the moon purple. What is wrong right. with you? And then suddenly you find yourself in this position where understanding that human beings are communal species and being mm -hmm. ostracized is the difference between death and survival. You start to bend yourself to stepping into being who it is that you think you need to be for other people. Mm -hmm. And that serves you until it no longer does because at eight, 12, 10, 14, 20, it might literally be survival. It is a defensive mechanism to not be yourself for many people. That was the case for me. And then you find yourself at 30, 56, 72 years old going, I've never lived my life on my terms before. I have no idea who I am. And now because of prior ramifications and old historical data that prove the hypothesis. When I try to be myself, people will judge me. It puts you in this position where now you take every single understanding of who it is that you think that you could be yeah. and you filter it through the fear that says, if I'm me, that is bad. Okay, great. So now we have an understanding mm -hmm. of that. The problem with that is that no longer serves you. And until you actually understand that, meaning it brings no actual inherent value to your life, you are not going to move forward. I believe that self-love is defined, and this is my opinion, as looking in the mirror and being okay with the reflection and the entirety of who you are, right? Yeah. People look at me and they go, who are you to talk about self-love? Your nose ring covered in tattoos, six foot four. I go, I know it better than most people because it's the hardest <laughs> thing that I've ever had to understand. And I had yeah. to step through the fear of giving myself 
courtesy, grace, and compassion to be able to have this conversation to begin with. And so when you're in this position and you're measuring your life and you're assessing fear and you're looking at the historical data that supports that fear is actually a hindrance, well, mm -hmm. now you're faced with this really interesting decision to make of understanding that now moving forward, it is your fault if you continue to live in that framework of fear, right? Because here's the thing. People are so terrified of the moment that they, of the lead up to that moment, they do everything possible to yeah. avoid it. Now, here's what happens. Going back to this question about the matrix. I don't believe we actually live in the matrix. Right. Could we? Sure. But how would you know? Right. But what I do understand is that every single day, when you have put something in place in your life that you are moving towards that you are focused on, that you put energy into, that on a long enough time, it will come to fruition. I have literally taken my pen and my journal, and I've written things in there that seven years later happened, 10 years later happened, eight weeks yeah. later happen, right? And you have the ability to create your life. People are always caught up in this idea about manifestation. And I'm like, you're not going to manifest anything. You're going to have to put in a tremendous amount of effort, but because of fear, people limit themselves. Well, think about this. What would happen if you stopped limiting yourself? What would happen if mm -hmm. you stopped listening to other people? What would happen if in that moment of choice, you move towards the opposite of everything you've ever known, because some part of you believes that you're capable of crafting and creating that life that you want to have. Then you're faced with this interesting juxtaposition of understanding. Yes, there is historical data that says moving towards being me is scary, but I also on the other side of it, want to be okay with who I am. And people get caught up in this idea, like, oh my gosh, that person is 10 miles ahead of me. Look at their life. Elon Musk is putting cars in space, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. The thing that they have in common, the thing that I believe I have in common with them, the thing that people who create massive change in their life have in common with each other is this. They choose not to be limited by themselves. There's a scene in the matrix in which Neo is going to see the Oracle. And there's a little boy on the ground playing with this spoon and without moving the spoon, he is bending it. And Neo walks up to the little boy and he is mesmerized by this. And he goes, how did you do that? And the little boy says something so incredibly profound, even at 10 years old, when I first saw this movie, it sat with me forever. I might've been 12, excuse me. And that was, see, the thing is you're trying to bend the spoon. That's impossible. What you actually have to understand is that there is no spoon. And what that actually means, the way that I interpreted it and carry through to this day is that we are only limited to the limitations that we self-impose. And when you recognize that there are no real borders to keeping you from creating the life that you want to have, you can do incredible things. That doesn't mean you're not going to have to work your fucking ass off because you are, but it doesn't also mean that you can't do it. Double negative, but you get my point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you hit on manifestation because a lot of people use it as, um, okay. a lot of people use it as, well, I'm going to do this vision board and I'm just going to sit there and it's going to come true. I'm going to look at it every day and boom, one day is just 
I'm going to have my uh, fancy, luxurious home and car. But you have to put work. Nothing's going to be handed to you in this life. You can read all the books in the world, listen to all the podcasts, listen to all the motivational speakers. But if you're not putting an effort, then don't think that it's just going to be laid out for you on a golden platter. And I feel that that's where people tend to get mixed up with like the woohoo stuff, whatever they call it. And manifestation is that you're missing the key ingredient. And that's the work that you have to put into it. Um, and also aside from work, it's really being mindful of, oh, of yourself, like getting to know yourself at a deeper level. And I, I, I do believe like meditation and that stuff does work because you're not, it's not like you wake up one day for meditation. Like you have your dream home. It's you being aware of yourself, your thoughts, really being in tune with who you are and, um, growing every day and you putting in the effort every day to grow and to, you know, um, redirect your life and become the best version of you. Uh, cause you can't, you can't do it without, you know, closing your eyes one day and waking up and thinking it's just going to poof, be there. Um, but I do, I do want to talk about, I feel like I'm going back and forth here, but because you do deal with trauma survivors, um, can you tell us a little bit about that in regards to how to deal with judgment? Because that was one blog that I really enjoyed reading. Um, and I never thought of it like that because, well, honestly, my question also to you is, do you believe all trauma is trauma? Because a lot of people that I speak to that have had a traumatic past, they don't define it as trauma, even though as they're talking to me in my head, I'm thinking, well, that is trauma. But most people think, well, I wasn't, um, I wasn't abused. I wasn't, you know, raped. So that's not trauma. Um, so I, I feel like there's a fine line. Maybe there's a misunderstanding with some people, but, um, how, how do you, what do you normally tell people, um, when it comes to dealing with judgment as a trauma survivor? I yeah. know there was two questions there, but yeah, I got it. Um, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. So the, the thing with defining trauma, I think everyone's going to have to figure that out for themselves. You know, and I spent a lot of my life denying it and being like, oh, the fact that my mother cut off my finger and I look at it every single day doesn't impact me. Okay. Yeah, that ain't true. Right. But you try to stuff it down. You want to be strong. You, we come from societal really standards that say toughen up, man up, woman up, don't cry about it, put some dirt on it. And you find yourself in this position where you're hiding from the truth. And the more that you hide from that truth, the more impact that it has on your life. And the more impact that it has on your life, the more that you find yourself for lack of a better term, like down in this pit, in this place where you're like, what is actually happening? Like, and when you look at trauma, it's going to be different for everybody because the truth is, the reality is for some people, the, the traumatic experience in their life that has forever shaped anything that has happened to them in the last 30 years is that one time that they got in trouble by their grandparent for the thing that they did that in passing, really no one even remembers, right? And so the way that these experiences are ingrained in our brain, they're like 
they become loops where you look at your life and you go, okay, well, you know what? It wasn't that bad, but is it holding you back? And that's what I think about trauma. Like if it's holding you back, like it probably was a traumatic experience. And you know, the, the, the carryover of those traumatic events impacts everything in your life. And to be dismissive of something minor or to be comparative is a disservice to yourself Mm -hmm. because the truth is we as human beings we're the sum total of all of our experiences leading up to this moment. And that means that every single thing that has ever happened in our lives defines who we are today. And to say that those experiences that you had don't somehow impact you, I just don't think that's true. Now you have to decide that for yourself because part of it might be you're hiding from it. Part of it is you use it as comparison because it's not that bad that way. And then the other part of it, which I try to lean into is the acknowledgement of the reality that it happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And with that acknowledgement comes a tremendous sense of freedom. And with that freedom, I don't mean like suddenly you're removed from it. But what I mean is that when you can acknowledge the traumatic experiences of your life and instead of running from them or comparing them, but and simply say this happened to me, it opens up the gate to do the healing involved needed, excuse me, to do the healing needed and do all the things that one must do to create massive change in their life. You know, it's think about it like this. If your kitchen was on fire and you just stood there looking at it, you wouldn't be like, well, at least it's not a volcano. (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? And so the thing is, well, on the other side of it too, if your kitchen was on fire and you had a fire extinguisher in your hand, would you not use it? Right. And, and that's what I think about from an analogous standpoint uh, about trauma, because when you ignore it, it's going to burn down your house. Now, your question about judgment, here's what I think. People are judging you anyway. People are already judging. People don't like me. What does that have to do with me? Nothing. Like your opinion <laughs> of me does not matter. I'm sorry. Like people are probably like, what? What does that mean? Oh, if yes. You don't like me. I don't care. I'm okay with that. Now, look, yep. that doesn't mean I'm not going to offer respect. That doesn't mean I'm not here to serve you if you decide that I'm the right person for you. That doesn't mean I'm not going to continue to put myself out in the world to impact and create change. But if you're like, I hate your shirt, I hate your nose ring, I hate your face, like, I don't care. That has nothing to do with me because you don't live for me. You don't breathe for me. You don't love for me. And the fact that people get so, this comes back to that thing about fear. The fact that people get so caught up in worrying about people's judgment is the biggest sham in human existence Mm -hmm. because we feel like we have to bend ourselves for other people. And the more that you do that, eventually you break and you find yourself in this position where you're like, wow, I only ever want to do things to appease other people. And that is a hard, hard, hard reality to face. That's the reality that I face and part of my healing journey, because I looked at my life and I was like, oh my God, I have no idea how to be who I am. Part of that is because I had identity crisis, right? I'm biracial and black and white. And when my grandmother adopted me and, you know, being in a racist ass white lady's house, that messed me up significantly, right? And so going through that and then also the identity crisis of being homeless and being in poverty Mm -hmm. and just wanting to be someone that people liked. Like I loved your favorite music. I loved your favorite food. I loved your favorite everything, right? And now I'm like, 
I don't like half the shit you like. I don't care. It has nothing to do with me. Right. And if you don't like me, that's okay too. It has nothing to do with you. Like it is what it is. Right. And so judgment is a part of the human experience. Shame is a part of the human experience. Guilt is a part of the human experience, but you have to decide how those things play a role in your life. Because if you let other people's judgment dictate the way you act in the world, I can promise you, I almost guarantee it that on your deathbed, you are going to have a lot of regrets. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I feel like if, well, I can't, I can't speak for other people, but I do believe that a lot of people when they pass that they do hold that regret. Like they didn't live for themselves. If you wanted to go skydiving, go skydiving. If you want to go in the middle of the ocean, live in the middle of the ocean, go do whatever you want. But we're so tied up in this comparison game into believing and people necessarily, I hear a lot of, I hear this a lot nowadays is that, oh, it's because of social media. It's always been around. Maybe it's a little bit, a little bit more. You see a little bit more because of it, but this judgment and this comparison game has always been around regardless of the internet. Um, we human beings tend to tie ourselves with trying to be like other people or trying to meet the expectation of others, like you were saying. And yet when people come and ask us what we like or no, what do you really like? What do you really want? We don't, we're clueless. We have, we just stand back and you're like, Oh, you're asking me what I, me. And it's like, yeah, you, this is your life. You're supposed to live it for you. And I think that's where the self-love journey comes into play is that most people become stuck and they feel like they cannot get to the next level. You know, they can't evolve because they're constantly trying to compare. They're trying to be somebody they're not. When, if you live authentically, it's so much easier to look in the mirror and to, you know, look at yourself and smile or be in love with who you see, regardless of, you know, what so-and-so said, if they don't, you know, like your nose, if your nose is too long, whatever, you don't see that you see past that. And, um, I feel like if it takes just, you know, for most, it's like, if you just make your whole life revolved around you accepting who you are, then everything else comes easier. Everything else is easier. It's easier to breathe your thoughts become easier. You're just able to be one with yourself rather than draining of your energy and living in the past and living in the future. It's so much easier to live in the now in the present, uh, because you're not battling anymore. You're not trying to be someone you're not, and you're not trying to meet the expectations of society and that of the world or other people. I mean, so yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. absolutely. And, and I'll say this too. The, the beginning of what you just said, like the, the process of what we're talking about to getting into comfort of being yourself, I will argue is probably the most tedious thing that I've done because you are rewiring everything you've ever known about yourself in addition to discovering things about yourself that you've never known. And in that process, it's a little unsettling. It's a little unnerving. It's maybe even scary at times, but it's the only way you're ever going to become yourself. You're going to have to put yourself in this situation of being uncomfortable. And right. you hear this all the time. People talking about this idea of learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like I'm a full subscriber of that. Like put yourself in the most uncomfortable situations humanly possible to test and see what you're capable of doing. Because the truth is you don't know yet. 
I don't even know yet. Like people look at my life and the story and my background and my accolades. And they're like, you've done so much. I'm like, I ain't done nothing yet. I've done nothing that I want to do, but I, but look, here's the thing. I never tried to jump off the deep end. This is where people get caught up. They're like, I'm just going to go for it all out. 180 degree shift, change my whole life overnight. That does not work. <laughs> no, that's not true. And so what I do, the, the thing that I've adapted in this journey is just looking at these incremental and microscopic and granular shifts where I can just move one degree in a different direction from where I am now mm -hmm. and towards what it is that I want to accomplish in my life. So people get caught up in this idea and they're like, okay, cool. Everybody's like, take action, take action, take action. Like the truth is, and this was my experience, Sometimes that action and those micro wins that you celebrate on the way are things like I took a shower today. I didn't smoke a cigarette today. I didn't get drunk today. I didn't lie today, right? Like that's what it takes. And you build up on those little actions day in and day out and you create this thing called momentum. And then once you have momentum, it puts you in this position where the pendulum starts to swing. But what people get caught up on is that they don't have any baseline for beginning, okay? And so I want to make something really practical here. What I want you to do is grab a pen and a piece of paper. This is the first thing I literally teach every one of my clients. And it's, you're going to take what I'm about to tell you and convince yourself of it until it is true, right? And it's this, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. Because if you start through that narrative, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself while understanding life is this, what you think becomes what you speak, what you speak become your actions and your actions become your reality. Mm -hmm. Then when you start to filter your life through the funnel of kindness, you move towards that. People are like, how do you cultivate self-love? Well, do things for yourself within the framework of kindness. What does that actually mean? Is it kind to smoke a cigarette? Is it kind to cheat on your girlfriend? Is it kind to do cocaine in the bathroom parking lot? Like whatever, like, you know, whatever that thing is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you're in that, the thing that you have to ask yourself is, am I being the kind of person who is kind to myself? Mm -hmm. Chances are right now you're not. There are things that you're saying to yourself that if you said to another human being, <laughs> you would get punched in the fucking face or arrested. And so when that is the native default vernacular for which you exist in the world, no wonder your life's a nightmare. You're being more mean to yourself than anyone else ever could. And so when you start to shift that, right, people are always like, well, what's mindset? What's mindset? What's mindset? And right in front of me, you can't see it. It says mindset is everything. Mm -hmm. What is mindset in a practical sense? I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. So if you want to create massive change in your life, you start there and then you take these little incremental shifts every single day that just move you in a different direction from where you are right now. That's very powerful. And I love that you hit on that because, you know, I, I, I tell my listeners too, that we, we want to get to the transformation and this is how I explain it to them, but we forget the in-between, the stories in-between that gets us there because we see somebody else's photos or somebody else's life and we right away assume that it was easy for them or 
oh yeah, it, I can't, or I can't do that or whatever, whatever that person is thinking. But what you don't see is the, li- the progress every day, the little stories, the little, the things in between that gets us to where we want to be. And those that ex- it's momentum, just like you explained, it is momentum. It causes us that, that, that little nudge, that push we need. And from there, it just kind of like we evolve, we just take off. And that's where it really comes. It's not like you said overnight and people think they're going to fucking have be celebrities overnight, but, um, you know, it's a course of action. It's, it's taking, it's taking also pride in yourself and, and clapping for yourself and being vulnerable, you know, showing your strengths, showing your vulnerabilities, but really being proud, regardless if you, if you failed on a test today, still be proud that you attempted to take it. Uh, I'm not saying like, you know, you want to succeed, but it's not like take, it's not taking all the negativity and then, you know, making that the center of your whole world. Um, it's just learning. We're constantly learning. We're constantly, you know, channeling these positive thoughts, people that, you know, are succeeding. The mindset is very different. It's crucial. It's not you're and, and it's not like going to the gym and deadlifting, you're not going to go pick up a 300 pound bar over, you know, the next day or right there. And then your first time at the gym, it's a lot of repetition. It's a lot and it's draining and it sucks. And it's not always going to be fantastic. And it doesn't always feel good, but that constant repetition with yourself and putting in the work and constantly grinding it out, even on your worst days, you grow so much. You, you just see the world so much different. So when someone does talk to you about something, you're just like, Oh, that seriously, like you ran out of gas and that bothered you. Like, yeah, you know, that's so true. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, I, I think the people who have road rage are the people who just are the most miserable. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anyway, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but you, know, <laughs> you, you said something important, you know, that the, the tedium, the, the literal tedium to change the monotony of the day in and the day out, the literal grind of what it takes to create change in your life is, is very difficult. Right. And, you know, you can look at it and go, yeah, it sucks. But I look at, it, I go, well, this is exciting. Right. Because the one thing I'm always trying to measure and, and, and I hope this will be practical and not too heady for people um, is this idea of measuring my macro goals and then moving with micro speed. And my macro goals are these really big goals that I can look at 18 years from now, 25 years from now, 37 years from now right? And go, okay, this is what I'm moving towards. And in the day to day, in the grind and the hustle and the shuffle and the, the tedium move with this really intense micro focus effort and energy, because what I'm always thinking about is I could die right now. And I just, you know, people are dying every single day. People are dying. Somebody died right now, like literally right now in the last three seconds right? That's how quick it can be over. And I'm sitting here thinking about coming back to this notion of fear. My biggest fear, literally the one thing I'm scared, I'm scared of nothing else on planet Earth. You could put a gun in my face, which has happened. I am less scared of that than I am of the fear that I have that on my deathbed, I will have thought I left something on the table. 
And that to me, when you, when you reframe your relationship with time and death, your life will change forever because you're sitting here and you're like, I want my life to be different. I'll start tomorrow. And I'm sitting here like, I want my life to be different. I might be dead in five minutes. So I better do something. Yeah. That's a complete shift. That's, that's night and day. And a lot of people, we go through the emotions, right? Going to our nine to five, saving up money. So when we retire, we'll go on vacation. Um, and that's why I always, I was always amused by my father and still am because he, they go on vacation all the time. And he always says, and I used to like tell him, Oh, don't say that. I don't want you to die. But he would always say, well, I'm not going to, he still says that I'm not going to take my money with me. Why, why am I going to just in the, leave it in a bank account and save it? He's like, what, what good is it going to be just sitting there? And like now as an adult, I'm like, he's right. And a lot of us, not just with money, but with our lives, we just let it like, I don't know if we're letting it marinate. I don't know if we're waiting for this big spectacular moment, but we miss out on so much goodness. I mean, there's so much in this world and yet we just let it pass by going through the motions, just coming home, taking a shower, taking a bath, doing it all over again tomorrow. And then maybe the next day you're in a, you know, wreck, God forbid. Right. What, what are you leaving behind? Yeah. And there, and look, there, there's no Disney moment. Yeah. There's no, like life isn't magically going to be different. There's not going to be that one right time. There's not going to be that perfect moment. There's not going to be the sign in the stars that says now's the time to jump. You got to jump. Like you got to commit first and figure out the rest later. When you're trying to lay out the framework and the game plan, the only thing you're doing is you're looking for the potential obstacles. When I commit to something, the only thing that I'm looking for is solutions, mm-hmm. right? Because when you commit first and figure out the rest, then you're already on the damn road, right? right? But you, people who are not creating change and look, and I want to say this too. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be a business owner. You don't have to make podcasts. You don't have to do anything except this, what you want to do. Mm. Do what makes you happy. If you're cool, if your shit is like, I'm going to chill, I'm going to play video games, I'm going to Netflix all night, I'm going to do my nine to five, I'm going to go on vacation three times a year, and you're good with that, awesome. You've won. You won. Like, great. You've done it. Like, there's nothing else to say. But if you're like, I hate my job, I hate my relationship, I hate my life, I hate the city I live in, I hate my car, I hate my friends, blah, 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 you better shut the fuck up and do something about it Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it ain't going to change unless you change it. And that's the thing people need to hold on to, right? If you're waiting for that day, you're hoping for that moment, it's not coming. You have to create it. You have to manufacture it. You have to, in that moment of, of the biggest fear that you'll face and which is shifting who you are and your life, that's when you're going to have to double down on yourself and go, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Again, fear, doubt, you know, we, we hold on to uh, a past. We live in the past. We live, we try to live in the future. We try to predict all these things and we just go back and forth. And like I said, we just don't live right now as we are accept who we are and move on, be better, want better, you know, expand, you know, there's, there's so much out there at our fingertips. And yet we find ourselves just scrolling through social media. Oh, I want to be like this person. Oh, I want to look like that. When get your shit together. You know, what do you want? 
become who you want to be. And it's not, and you know, I was, and I say that to, um, my, my family, my friends, I'm like, and the listeners too, but you don't need to be anybody spectacular with this spectacular story to make a difference. You don't need to have all, you know, college education to inspire people. Just go out and be you and give the world what you're made out of, what you have. And I guarantee that that's where the magic happens, right? Is where that's where you find yourself. That's where you start to uncover all these layers and this really this journey that you're just going to be like, wow, I did that. I mean, I'm a freaking mom sitting. And and I said this the other day, but I'm a mom sitting in my fucking bedroom and doing a podcast. Okay. Never imagineer in in like a thousand years. Did I even imagine that I would be, you know, changing the lives of, you know, multiple women and having them come to me and thanking me. But look, I'm an, I'm at the end of the day, I'm not a celebrity. I'm, I have a, you know, I did things to myself that I wish that, you know, well, back then I wish now I'm just like, that's part of my journey. And I, now I understand and I've evolved from that, but it's like, we all have something to give, right? You don't have, you're, you're, I'm not like my sister. I'm not like my friends. I, I'm me and that's enough. And, and that's what people have to understand that you're enough being you and you're worthy being you, your story matters. You matter just simply existing is you is that's all you need. You matter because you simply exist. And so, I mean, I get heated in this moment, but it's like, man, if people can just see that, yeah, but uh, if I can summarize what you just said in a really simplified manner, yeah. it's the thing that I discovered in everything that you just said. If you don't believe in yourself, who will? Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Who will? Yeah. Cause no one's going to believe in you the way you would do. No one, and no one knows you the way you do. Right. Um, but yeah, there is something, um, cause you know, now we're navigating through life, but this is another blog you have. Um, and before that blog, I wanted to ask you about inner child work. Um, we kind of hit bases on inner child from time to time on here, but I feel like most people, when I speak to them about their inner child, they don't, they look at me like, like I'm an adult, I'm all grown, but that tends to hold us back a lot in life. Um, and that I've read, I'm, I'm not sure if this is correct, but it is there with trauma survivors. They, you know, there is therapy in regards to inner child work. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I've done that. And for the space of time, I don't know, we have enough time to go all the way into it, yeah. but, but what I will say is this, again, this comes back to a moment ago, like we're the sum total of all of our experiences in life. Mm-hmm. That part of you as an adult that is denying the childlike, whether it be wonderment or pain that you've had, like you have to wrap your mind around, like there's still like that part of you, right? And for some reason, we have this weird ideation in the world that when you're, you know, 16, 18 years old, 21 years old, suddenly you're, you know, it's the old adage, put the childlike things away. Whereas, you know, the, the thing that I'm always doing, I'm chasing my dreams, right? Think about the dreams that you had as a kid, the dreams that you have at night, like those things are part of you. And the, 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 the inner child work, I actually wrote a book called 
eight steps to healing your inner child. And, and part of that journey is to ask yourself, like, what was I denied as a kid? What do I need to give myself? How do I need to take care of that child in me? What is it that I need to do to put myself in this position where that child in me gets the love, the nourishment, the nurturing, the, the companionship that I was denied, you know, and to be dismissive. And I was too, I'll, I'll be fair with, I'll be straight up. I used to look at it before I started doing like literal inner child therapy. And I was like, this is the most nonsensical bullshit I've ever heard of. <laughs> And, and then I started doing it and I was like, oh, of course it makes sense, right? Because why would it not? There is a part of us that is still that. And there's a part of me that's still 21 and 25 and 30 and 35, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that we're just a constant evolution of ourselves and to dismiss the parts of us that have had these experiences or to dismiss the parts of it that wants that experience, right? I think is, 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 is a mistake. And the reason why I say that is because you know, you're not honoring yourself fully. You know, there, there is a part of me that really, really enjoys like hanging out, watching Toy Story and eating gummy bears. And when I want to do that, I promise you, I'm going to do it. Like, and I don't like, you want to judge me? Like who watches Toy Story when they're like almost 40? Me, shut the fuck up. It has nothing to do with you. Right. And so in that thing, that thing that you want that part of you that desires the wonderment, the joy, the excitement. You're like, I want to go to Disneyland or I want to paint with my fingers or I want to read that book or I want to do it. Do like honor that in yourself. Right. And, and for me, that exploration, when I, when I was a little kid, the only thing I wanted to do was be Tommy Lee of Motley Crue or Jay-Z right? Be a rock star. And so I was like, well, I can't play instruments and I'm not really good at rap, but maybe I can be a rock star in another capacity. And now I've been on stages around the world, right? Tapping into that. Awesome. Now it's sure it's a byproduct. I think it's part accidental and part like self-defining, <laughs> you know, narrative. But the, the truth is I, I just try to move towards taking care of that part of me and asking myself in that moment, especially when I'm hurt, like, what would I have needed in this moment? Yeah. Is it companionship? Is it grace? Is it compassion? And I give it to myself first and I don't try to get it from the world. I'm not saying the world can't give it to me. I will accept it when it is there. But, you know, instead of trying to get other people to hug me, I hug myself first and then I'll go, cool, I'll take yours too. Yeah. Oh, so good. We all need, just need to go to one of your motivational, um, speeches, speaker events. <laughs> um, but aside from inner child, um, and, and kind of going back to the self-love aspect, um, you know, what practices do you do in regards to self-love? Cause it's an everyday, you know, it's repetition, something you just don't, like I said, Earlier, it's not something you just achieve and kind of just like leave in the back burner. Um, it's everyday work. But what practices do you do um, daily? Yeah, it's, it is daily, right? Whether I'm home or traveling or another country, it doesn't matter to me. I do the same thing every day, literally every day. I wake up, I put my feet on the ground and I say, I am the person in control of my life. That is how I start literally every day of my life. And then I get water and I make coffee and I stretch. And then I sit and I read for 20 minutes and then sometimes it's longer and then I meditate and then I journal and I write my goals and then I brush my teeth 
And then if it's a workout day, I go hit the gym for an hour. And if it's not like I try to take a walk or something, and then I get into my day and then I go through and I accomplish the things that I wrote down in that journal and on those goals. And I get those things done and I move forward every single day. Because to me, like that self-care, that narrative about self-love, like it all intertwines again in this notion of doing the things I want to do. And so that that's very much a part of it. I just take care of myself when I honor what I want. I literally, like when people understand this, it will change their life forever. I only do what I want to do and I never do what I don't want to do. And I know that sounds crazy and people are like, what does that really actually mean? But I, I challenge you to start saying no to everything you don't want to do and only saying yes to the things that you do want to do. Now, again, that doesn't mean there's not tedious stuff in there. Like, of course there is. Like, I don't, right. I don't necessarily want to do some of the things that are involved in running businesses. I don't want to always be on a plane. I don't always want to be in freezing cold conference rooms, but right. it's a part of the game. It's a part of the life that I've chosen to create. And so that's a byproduct. And so I think the, the biggest thing about self-care is literally that self yeah. put you yeah. first. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you first, everybody else second, everything else second. Um, but tell us about this book. Tell us where, where can they find it? Uh, how can they purchase it? Um, tell us all the details we need to know. Yeah. So I wrote Think Unbroken a few years ago because it was the book that I thought was needed for me. Again, putting myself first. I said, maybe yes. other people will read this. And so it's, it's not my story. I mean, the preface is, well, because context, right? But the rest of the book is a practical guide. It's a tool. It's a companion on this journey to healing. I call it the 101 of trauma healing because like realistically, if I wrote the book that I sat down and started writing, it'd be like 5,000 pages long and no one would read it. And this one's a few hundred and it still probably is too long, right? Um, the book is, it was a number one bestseller. So I'm very, very happy about that. Um, but I will say this, the, the book you can get on Amazon as cheap as Amazon would let me make it. I can't price it any lower. Um, or you can just go to your library cause it's free. Uh, or even better, you can listen to my podcast where I'm yes. putting all the episodes, excuse me, all of the book as the audio version, as episodes on the podcast. So, and that's called Think Unbroken Podcast. It's at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, or you can literally Google Think Unbroken Podcast. It's on every platform. Yeah. The book and, is to the book is okay. to help people. It's not to make money. And so it's there. Go find it. It's free for real. Or buy it. Yeah. If you want to buy it, great. Yeah. I just donate all the money anyway. So it doesn't matter to me. Just read the book. And that is why you are changing lives. And that's why you are inspiring people. Um, I will have the links in the synopsis of this episode in particular. I will have um, Michael's IG, which you can find him on Instagram at Michael Unbroken. I'll have the link to his Amazon for the book and his link to the website as well, where you do have a, you have a couple of few things, even a self-love, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, he, he literally, you honestly, he, you honestly offer so much. I mean, the tools are all there. People just need to take it, just take it. And when someone like yourself who has such an incredible journey and, and the story, and you are 
living and breathing proof that it can be done, that you can change your life. Mm -hmm. People need to grasp that, take it and run with it and learn, learn. So you are able to develop your own life and become your own person and transform your own person. So one day you too could be like Michael. I mean, we can all be like you, right. In a sense, um, we, if, if we just believe in ourselves and you constantly say that, and you constantly say something that I absolutely love and, um, but you, and you say this in your video too, on your website, but be the hero of your own story. I mean, cause in, you are the author, you are, however people want to see you are the author. You are the driver of, of the ship. Um, you are navigating, you are in control but you are your own hero. You don't have to, we constantly look towards other people or other things. Um, and the, you know, so much this and that, and this, when you are your own hero. And if you, I love how you simplify it because there's really nothing else needs to be said other than that. So, yeah. Yeah. But. And, and like us, and, and I appreciate it. Thank you for the space to, to have me on today. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I believe we're all capable of doing this. You're just going to have to make some choices. Yeah, absolutely. There is one thing that I always ask everybody and it's on the questionnaire because actually quite frankly, it's very simple, but is there a quote that you would like to share with our listeners? I believe quotes are something that we all can kind of agree that we connect in a certain way. Um, and it really quotes can bring, you know, light into your life or, you know, just words in general, they're very impactful. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to be self-serving in a moment like this. Um, but I'll share with you my favorite quotes from Jay-Z says people around you saying that you changed. Well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) And he's awesome. So, and you're awesome. And, um, I just, I hope that you guys took away as much as I did. Um, I felt like I even grew from this podcast and I am so thankful that you were on to share your story, but to share and drop so much knowledge and honestly, your authenticity, um, you're so real. There's no in between like, this is you, this is me and take it or leave it. And I love that. I think there, the world needs more Michael. Um, and it would probably be a greater place and we would be just better humans in general. Um, if we just all be ourselves. So, um, thank you again. We appreciate you. And yeah, I hope you guys took away again, like I said, um, as much as I did, and I will again, leave all his information and all the links in the synopsis of this episode. So thank you guys for your continued love and support. Remember go purchase unbroken think unbroken on Amazon, support his podcast. You're going to be hooked. The minute you listen podcast two is full of information and knowledge and absolutely inspiring and touching in so many ways. Um, and then also if you ever need more, just love to read, you can head on over and read his blog too. So again, love you guys. I, we will chat with you guys soon. Bye. Let me drop you guys some discount codes. First on the list, we got first form. If you haven't already head on over to the website, we got the, our self low effect link in the synopsis, head on over, check out their supplements, the best on the market, quality, best quality, 
supplements you'll find anywhere on the planet. If you guys do have questions, please let me know. I'm here to answer all your questions in regards to protein, um, their micro factor, vitamins, pre-workouts, post-workout. Let me know. I'm here for you. I want you to do, I want to see you succeed. I want you to hit your goals. So also I, if you haven't heard, I am a coach on the first form app. You could download the app and add me as your advisor, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. Now coming at you and don't wait on these because born primitive has their launch just around the corner for their Halloween collection. Head on over to Born Primitive and that link in the synopsis and also the link in my bio on my social media accounts gives you 10% off and the link itself, once it's a, it automatically applies that discount at checkout. So there's no actual code. The link is the code. Head on over. Also, save your hands. Stop tearing. Love your hands. They love you. So head on over to Wad and Done. Also, give them a follow on social media at Wad and Done. Save using Treasures 10. If you love headbands and all the designs or solids, whatever you love, head on over to Maven Threads. Follow them at Maven Threads on IG and save at checkout using Self Love Effect 15. Then I felt like I was missing one, right? Because I am. Head on over to our apparel shop at www.selfloveeffect.com and get yourself some swag along with our new holiday. What is it? Halloween, I guess. Drop. Of course, it's my favorite holiday. Anyways, code self love effect. Head on over, support us, get some self love effect goodies and. You guys, I just want to thank you for all your love and support. Um, It means the world to me. So as this podcast continues, my one hope is that it changes the lives of not just one, but many, because we're doing it together. When you inspire, that person becomes inspired. So it may started with the pilot of this podcast, but it's been growing because of the lives that have been on the show and that have been vulnerable by showcasing their strength through vulnerability and sharing their story. So we're in this together. We're doing this together. And thank you for your love and support. Until next time, I'll see you guys Thursday. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.